in an isolated location. So being isolated obviously has its challenges. You have to really consider, you know, what you need to do to minimise that challenge. So staying connected to people in the community or at least becoming connected with others in the community who are going through the same sort of thing. Isolation definitely has its moments. Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast about mental health in rural and regional Australia. My name is Kaya Handley. I'm a journalist and I've had my own lived experience with mental illness. This episode, we are focusing on changing landscapes, transitioning back to life on the land. Life can take us in so many different directions, but what happens when you make the decision to transition back to life on the land? It's a story you've probably heard before. Young members of the family finish school and leave the farm to study and start their career. But more and more we're seeing people who started their life on the land return to the farm after their time in the city. But that big life change, even if you've spent your childhood on a farm, can cause challenges for our mental health. Pip Job grew up on a farm, went away to boarding school, travelled the world working in the beef cattle industry before returning to New South Wales and buying a farm with her husband. These days, she helps support other farmers through her role with the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. But she says isolation can be the biggest challenges of returning to farming. It is a really challenging industry to be in. There's a lot of isolation. Some of that is isolation simply from demographic and how far are you from neighbours or how far are you from a major centre that can support your needs, let alone How far are you from a small centre where you can buy something simple as milk and a bit of petrol for your car? Then there's also self-imposed isolation. And one of the big risks I think that exists out there is particularly for families that are just starting to have children. I think that was the most lonely time of my life, being on a farm. You've just had your first baby and you spend so much time at home on your own. It's a really challenging time. I've seen that type of self-imposed isolation occur during drought and families regardless of age pulling away from community from friends from events because things are overwhelming so agriculture is really dynamic in that sense. Emily and Sam Watts grew up on the land before settling down in the city but after about four or five years started thinking about making the switch from the city to the bush. I was at a bit of a crossroads in my old job. Next movement for me was to go into management. I was 30 at the time. I sort of thought it was a good time for me to come back and try life on the farm. Yeah, I think that was just probably the main motivation. It was a good time. The longer you stay in a job, the harder it is to go, the harder it is to leave. And Sam was working for NAB at the time and they had a great program where you could take a career break. So working in agribusiness, I guess a lot of their employees are from farms. So they offer a career break where you can go away for a year, try a life on the farm. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out or you don't like it, then you can come back to the same level that you were in your career working for the bank. So we decided to give it a go. And that was in 2011. And we've been here ever since. Did you always think you'd find your way back to West Wylong eventually? No, I didn't. I never knew. thought I'd always give it a try. It's worth a try. and a good farm to come back to. I thought I just really needed to give it a go. It was something I needed to do. We sort of set ourselves up so we always always could um, go back. Sydney to start with or back to a city if we needed to or we wanted to. 
They agree with Pip Job that isolation can be the hardest thing to get used to when you make the move, but say it's all about putting in the effort to find connections in your community. If you go out there and just really try and stay connected with, whether it be through sport or exercise or kids' activities in the community, and Sam is the same like you, Sam. Yeah, I, I agree. You have to really make an effort to be involved with social and community activities. Working on the farm, I don't speak to many people. Whereas working in the city, you sort of had one side of your, your social life that have done at work. You're always dealing with people and there's after work drinks. You, you don't have that when you're working or living on the farm. You're really going to make a concerted effort to get involved with sport or, or charities or anything like that. Just to sort of keep the social side aspect of your life um, going and going well. Camilla Kenny, a coordinator with the Rural Adversity Mental Health Program, says it's as simple as looking at the things you loved doing in the city and trying to find people with similar interests in the country. I actually came across a family who had just moved from the big city out to a very, very small town in western New South Wales. The husband was going really well, but the wife was really struggling because she'd been quite connected with lots of different groups in the city. And so it was about sitting down and talking about, you know, whether she was interested in going to church or her local CWA, book club, you know, what sorts of things were available in her community. And while it's it's a really daunting task of having to go and introduce yourself and, and start these new connections, they're so beneficial down the track. And the first people you meet may not be the ones that are friends for life, but it's at least getting you on the road to actually starting that socialisation and finding some new connections. Camilla Kenny says it's not just isolation that can challenge your mental health during a transition to the land. Stress plays a big part too. The stress of the actual move, but then also maybe not having connections in the community that they're moving to and a lot of the unknowns which might be occurring in their lives with this really big move, whether it's going back to the land or if going onto the land is actually a really new concept for them. So that stress can be a huge thing playing on people's minds and and impacting them. And as we know, stress can lead to a lot of other health and mental health Mm. problems. Do you think we underestimate stress when it comes to our mental health? Because it's almost just become a word that's now in our psyche, like, oh, I'm a bit stressed today or, oh, she looks a bit stressed. But do we underestimate it a little bit? I think so. And and as you said, it can be sort of thrown out there quite quickly and, and quite easily that we're getting stressed or experiencing stress. But a lot of the time, stress can almost be a precursor to mental health problems. And if we see a lot of the signs and symptoms of stress that we might be experiencing them, uh, experiencing in ourselves, if we start to make those sort of a bit more pronounced or longer term or severe, that can actually be a sign of someone becoming unwell with a mental illness. So if we think of impacts to sleep or social engagement that might be occurring due to stress, if those are starting to become more pronounced, that can actually be a precursor to someone developing a mental illness. But the challenges don't stop once you settle into life on the farm. Pip Job runs a program called Positive Farming Footprints. It's all about working with farming families to be able to communicate better and build robust and resilient businesses and relationships so they are ready to tackle everything that agriculture can throw at them. 
but she says there is a balance between being resilient and still knowing when you need to reach out for help. I think there's a lot of pressure that we now have on you know, being a resilient individual. The thing that I've learned is that there's different aspects of your life, whether it's a work aspect or whether it is like a, a one-on-one relationship with your spouse or partner or whatever that looks like, you will be resilient in different ways across those. And the important part is actually learning from it and bouncing forward as a, what have I learned from this? How do I reflect on it? How do I make sure that I don't get in this situation again or that next time this happens to me, I'll manage it in this way and see if I get a better result or a quicker result or whatever it might be. The importance of reaching out early and having a conversation, you know, it's like any other health condition that the longer you let it go on unaddressed, the worse the situation will be and the more assistance you'll need to improve that health condition. No different to heart disease or diabetes or anything else like that we have to look at our mental well-being exactly the same way and the sooner we reach out and say you know I need some help it can be just going and having a conversation with your GP and just say look I don't think the same way that I have been I'm feeling a little bit more down about stuff I have tend to have more negative thoughts these days than positive thoughts just being really cognizant to what's going on in our thinking. We have counsellors and psychologists and all sorts of people out there in a professional capacity. And a lot of, we see now a lot of um, professional industries, just say your rural supply stores, um, stock and station agents are sending their staff off to do mental health first aid courses so that their staff can have that basic conversation with someone when someone just needs to open up and have a yarn. The earlier we can reach out and just have a conversation with someone about how we're feeling or how we're thinking or how we see ourselves changing will have such a big impact on how much more quickly you can bounce back from that position you're in. It's also important to remember that a move to the country does not mean cutting off all connection with people who you knew and loved from the city, as Camilla Kenny explains. Even if you're moving out to the bush, you know, trying to keep in contact with family or friends who are still in the city can be really important, but also that open communication with your partner or loved one that you might be on the property with. If you can have that open communication together and be able to say, you know, I'm not coping or I'm getting a bit stressed or I need a bit of time out, then that can actually be quite beneficial rather than bottling it up. Because sometimes if we bottle up, it can all of a sudden overflow and, and be worse off in the long run. So what would Ben and Emily Watts say to someone thinking of making the transition back to the land? I'd say do it. See if you set yourself up. So if you do leave and have to come back, there's no big issue. I, I just think it's worth a go. Yeah. So you only live once and... Uh, I think there'd be a lot of people out in the city possibly doing it tough, working, both of them working full-time, not seeing much of their kids. I think there is a life, country lifestyle has a lot of uh, benefits, positive aspects, but I think it'd, everyone should give it a go mm. because they're not happy with where they are in the city. You've been listening to Let's Talk, a podcast about mental health in rural and regional Australia. If you or someone you know needs help, there are so many places you can turn. If you need someone to talk to, you can call the New South Wales Mental Health Line on 1800 011 511 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can also access a heap of information on the Centre for Rural and Remote Mental Health's website. That's www.crrmh.com.au. 